This episode is going to be one of the most important podcasts you have listened to because we break down the subconscious, what it is, how to understand it, how to break free from it, how it hurts us, how it helps us. Our amazing guest is Jenna Sophia. She's a world-renowned subconscious specialist and healer. And when I say world-renowned, legit, she is. She has worked with thousands of people from celebrities, creatives, Fortune 500 CEOs, entrepreneurs, billionaires. Man, she her approach is very, very special. She's helped people reverse physical disease, reverse infertility, just by releasing decades of emotional trauma in only a few hours. She is amazing, and of course, I work with the subconscious in my own mentoring, in my own guiding process, and so this is very critical. If you don't know about the subconscious, definitely listen, and if you already do know a little bit, this is going to help increase your understanding, which will change your life. All right, y'all, if you haven't already, make sure you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world that helps the show gets seen and you know promoted in the algorithm all the fun things thank you i appreciate it in advance all right cue the intro and let's go welcome to the feeling free podcast my name is ben harris also known as the fear guy my job is to help you feel more free in your life with the love and relationships self-worth and much more i'm happy you're here i love you i believe in you let's break free from fear together Jenna, how in the hell are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> um, I'm wonderful, and I'm excited to have you here. Um, we've been connected for a while, and I, I knew at the beginning, I was like, I know that we're going to collaborate, and I know I want her on the podcast, but just waiting um, for that feeling and for whatever reason that feeling came, so I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited <laughs> for this conversation. <laughs> so will you, I mean, I gave you a brief um, intro in the intro, but mm-hmm. how do you, I'm curious actually, when someone asks what you do, what do you tell, like someone in the street, like in a cafe, like yeah. when back, you know, when you loved living in Venice before stuff happened, what would you like go to a cafe, like in normal conversation, how would you introduce yourself? Yeah, well, it honestly depends on what I gauge from the other person, if I'm being Mm -hmm. honest, because I meet everyone at their level of consciousness. And this is not like a hierarchy thing. It's just like I have to meet people where they're at so that I can accurately come across with what I'm saying so that it's not confusing and it's like bite-sized and easy to understand. In a very simple simplified way i would say that i help people release their stress their pain their trauma their sabotaging patterns so that they can really live life um, with more freedom um and really releasing these for good because i work with the subconscious so that's Mm -hmm. what that's what i would say (laughs) i love that what if you're meeting like a quote-unquote guru what would you tell them i'd probably say i do what you do (laughs) Ooh, i like that i help people reveal themselves you know, their own power to themselves, which is just like space holding. Because it's not actually anything I'm doing. We're co-creating uh-huh. this and I've gotten to a level of expertise where I'm able to hold space for people, but not change them, but give them the opportunity to take that energy and embody it for themselves. I love that. And I think that's, I mean, you and I have talked about that before, but I think that's key mm-hmm. of 
for anyone listening, looking for coach, mentor, whatever, is someone who believes that you're already amazing, that you're already that thing. And right. it's nothing that we're doing. Yeah, we are powerful too, but mm-hmm. it's revealing, like you said, already revealing the power that they have. Yeah, because people think like gurus are people associated who are better than them and stuff. And the mm-hmm. way that the reason why I even answer that question that way is because really what gurus do is they reveal to you what your your already inherent power that is within you. So like when someone comes to me, they're in a disempowered place and they want to become more powerful. So whatever I need to do to help them see that and show them that that is already within them. That's kind of the work that I have to do on my end to uphold that co-creation. So that's how I see it. I love that. That's cool. That's a really good explanation. I approve if it matters. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, stamp. Um, But so, so you said subconscious. So let's like, I want to break it down simply, right? Like, so if someone is like, okay, you work with the subconscious, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Yeah. So the subconscious is 95% of all of our thoughts, perceptions, feelings, behaviors. And the subconscious is really solidified between even in the third trimester. So when you're in the womb, all the way up until about seven years old, some people say nine years old, but in that range of childhood. And essentially what your subconscious governs is it gives you a sense of reality. It helps you understand what is right, what is wrong, um, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And this is all based on perception um, from the data that you've picked up and collected in childhood. Now, when we have blocks in life, our subconscious is the first place that we should go to see what is underlying there because it governs 95% of what we do and therefore what our body does. And so when we look at the subconscious, we're really able to get the mind on board for anything that it wants in the physical reality, um, in your emotional reality, um, and your spiritual reality. So that is how I would describe the subconscious. Mm. (laughs) I like it. Boom. Um, So, I mean, I I think you already described this, but in a different way, what's Mm -hmm. the benefit of the subconscious And then what is the detriment of the subconscious? Yeah. So I definitely think the benefit of the subconscious is that if you're able to access the subconscious in a way, it can be a very powerful tool for healing on every level and manifestation. Mm -hmm. So for me, for example, I used to be very ill. I had chronic illnesses for over a decade, mental and physical. And through my subconscious work, I was able to basically transform my outer reality and therefore my inner reality as well um, just by going into the subconscious. So it is very powerful. It can do a lot for you if you access it correctly. Now the detriment of the subconscious is let's say you have limiting patterns. Let's say you grew up where money was very feared, you know, in your family, or you heard a lot about limiting beliefs growing up about how you should use money, what type of people have money, all of these things. And so now you've grown up and you're doing all that you can to be successful, to make money, but it's not happening. So all of those subconscious beliefs that you grew up with, all the data that you picked up on is now running the show of what you're experiencing in your adulthood. So that is the detriment of it is that when you have limiting aspects or any blocks in your life, they are ruled by the subconscious Um, in a very strong way and have a huge effect on the success, the satisfaction and the love that we have in this life. Mm. So I want to, in a second, I want to go to your 
experience that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is the most common? So, cause you write like subconscious of the data that we gather from zero from third trimester to seven or nine years old, just childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's society, school, parents, is there anything like specific, like more common that you've seen or is it different for it? Of course it's different for everyone, but is there like a general commonality? Um, of what people get programmed by yeah. or, oh yeah. So I would also say like news, media, music, mm. all of these things also influence us on a very subconscious Just level. Such subtle things too. Oh, it's all subtle because, you know, let me give you an example of how your subconscious is working without you knowing that it's working, right? Mm-hmm. So say like, okay, you shouldn't do this, obviously, but like people <laughs> can drive and text, right? Because you being able to consciously send a text message while you're driving, your conscious mind is not driving, your subconscious is driving. That's why people feel like they can do these things, right? Because they're like, oh, I know it so well, it's embedded within me. So that's what I would say is, you know, the biggest indicator of how powerful our subconscious is and how we're using it without even realizing. Yeah. We're on autopilot 95% of the time. Exactly. Yeah. And people think that they are, you know, thinking consciously or they have thoughts that, you know, are thought of with conscience, you know, even, Mm -hmm. and it's just really their programs running because the way that we see reality is really dependent on what we actually perceive on a subconscious level. Interesting. So pretty much just everything. So there's not one like, cause when people say, I mean, I know me and you and other people, you know, it's like programming, programming. And I th- that definitely has like a negative connotation. Do you view that as negative or how do you view like programming? Well, programming, the word programming is not negative until uh-huh. you give it, um, yeah information on what type of programming, right? Is it like mind control programming or is it programming yourself to be a better person, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of different, you know, that's why it's like, for example, like you can get programmed by self-development, right? You say something enough, you believe something enough, all of a sudden, you know, you're a different person. That's good programming. Bad programming is hearing, you know, you're a bad person or you're unworthy or you're not going to be successful or you're a failure or you're fat. These are all negative programs that are going to keep you small and limited so programming in itself is not good or bad it's just what you're doing with that it just is yeah it always just (laughs) it just is is what it is um so back to your experience how because i think most people listening and watching this they get the cons they get the general concept of like subconscious programming like on maybe like an emotional success like money type of con- uh, level, mm-hmm. but for yours, it was very physical and like physical, like physical health. And I know you help a lot of people with that. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did that get programmed into you and how does that get programmed into other people? Yeah. Like understanding how you, you can hack your subconscious for your health. In yeah. Like, way. well, how do we like, like for you, right? Like, how are you even sick? Like, cause I think mm-hmm. a lot of people that's, that's difficult to understand of like, yeah. How am I subconsciously sick? Yes. Yes. And um, that's a really good thing. So what I 
come from and from what I've studied with a lot of like, you know, different spiritual leaders and shamans all over the world is that our physical body is the last manifestation of everything else that's going on within us. So first, you know, there's your mental body, your emotional body, your spiritual body. These are all um, protective layers around what keeps our soul, right? And that then governs the physical body. So if you're having imbalances, and this is what I've seen literally 99.9% of the time, I've never seen a physical illness or condition not have an emotional um, or spiritual message behind it. Um, So a lot of the times, you know, I'll give you an example of how the subconscious would create a physical condition. Okay. So say, um, you know, growing up, you experienced a lot of abuse. Okay. And you weren't able to share it with people as it was happening and you kind of kept it to yourself and it kind of, you know, was something that you kept within. But let's say fast forward 20 years later, you start to develop skin issues. Okay. And this is something that I actually, I worked with someone on. So this woman started to develop skin issues. Okay. And when we actually went into her subconscious with the tools that I use in my intuitive healing, we figured out that her subconscious was still um, being activated by the data and memory of the abuse that she experienced when she was younger. So her skin was actually acting up in a way to say, no one touch me. That's not safe for someone to touch me. Right. Like literally like a protective. Literally as a protective. Yeah. I'm going to make my skin look weird or whatever. Yeah. Well, I I don't don't want anyone to touch me. Exactly. And my body's protecting me in that way. So this is how the uh, subconscious will create physical manifestations. Like, that is like something that she had been dealing with chronic skin issues for a while. And that generally is comes from very deep trauma or prolonged um, subconscious stress. Right. So it doesn't have to be like a sexual trauma or things like that, but like long periods of stress. Maybe you had a lot of money stress when you were growing up, or maybe you had a parent that was ill, or maybe you had, you know, siblings that had mental health issues. Like all these things will contribute to how our body responds to them. Um, And we are energy at the end of the day. So, you know, when we feel good, our body feels lit up. We feel excited. You know, we feel strong. When we're in a bad mood, we kind of, you know, hunch over, we shrink, like we're just like, I don't want to be touched or, you know, all of that. So our body's constantly responding to our emotions and the way that our subconscious processes our emotions are all dependent on the perception in which we perceive any situation. So what happens is, is that now that we've understood that her physical situation is related to a childhood trauma, we release the childhood trauma and the physical condition goes away because it was a reactive response to what had happened when she was younger. And that's simply how uh, a very simple understanding and in how the subconscious is connected to the physical body in this way. I love that example. So was it like, was it like a snap? Was it, did it just like start to clear like her skin? Was it like all over her body? Yeah. So it was kind of like on her face and her neck and a little Mm. bit on her back. Um, and it wasn't like acne and they said it wasn't eczema and they couldn't figure out what it was. It was people. So doctors didn't know. Yeah. Doctors didn't know. And that's generally how, you know, it comes a point when people are done with everything. (laughs) That's how I was. And that's kind of when people come to see me because they're like, I'm done with it. And it really is like, you know, the missing piece. Cause I, I found that I was on a journey for over 10 years trying to figure out what was wrong with me and how I could heal. Cause I was in the hospital like almost every month. Yeah. Will um, you, cause so your experience yeah. is pretty gnarly. Will you go yeah. into it? 
Yeah, sure. So when I was um, 15, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis, and those are reproductive issues. Um, and it can cause a lot of pain, um, pelvic pain just generally, uh, chronically, not just when you're menstruating. And then it can cause a lot of heavy menstrual bleeding. And that's really what took me to the hospital mm. because of the pain and the bleeding. So I had, you know, been on birth control for a long time and then that made me super depressed. So I got on antidepressants and I was like on Adderall for like focus issues and mm. panics. And it was just like another pill after pill after pill. And I got to a point where I was like, holy shit. Sorry. I don't know if I can cuss. No, you can cuss away, baby. Do it. But, do you. But holy shit, I didn't realize <laughs> like I got to a place where I was just like, I felt like I was a cesspool of pharmaceuticals. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I can't live like this. I literally feel suicidal. I don't want to be here. I, I'm so erupted. Like, I, I have no control over my emotions. I would have, like, the most excruciating, like, painful cries of my life. And, like, I had anxiety growing up. And I didn't know that because I was... I'm a very sensitive person. Like I'm a healer now, so I can feel people's energies in, in a good way. <laughs> mm -hmm. But before I was really taking it all in. And so this really compounded to a place where I was just like, I'm done. I need a different way out. And, you know, I had dabbled in the holistic healing space for a while. I started doing Reiki when I was 11 years old. So this was always part of my journey and like self-discovery. But finally, when I was in my early 20s, you know, my doctors told me I had to get my uterus out if I wanted to get off my medication. And I was like, whoa. Which like, is that a is huge deal. Okay which is a huge deal. Cause I'm like, I want babies like, and I want them naturally. And like, I'm not taking that for an answer. Yeah, just in general. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know? yeah. 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 But that's really what the unfortunate thing about the medical system is, is that when you have a situation that they don't know how to maintain or correct or help you through, they're just going to take extreme measures. And it's really unfortunate because a lot of women, especially with you know, in the gynecology space, like they are not seen and heard. I've told mm. my doctors time and time again, like I'm going crazy. And they're like, that's not a side effect. I'm like, literally it probably <laughs> is. Okay. You're ingesting crazy freaking chemical hormones mm. in my body. And you're telling me that I'm not going to go crazy. Give me a break. So it was just like, no one was hearing me. And so I just had to figure out another way out. Thankfully, my mom like discovered the subconscious. I started really deep diving into shamanism when I met Jamin Durek and really just got a hold on my own gifts and my own power and chipped away a lot of the internal stress that I experienced from my own life. And what I honestly even see now is ancestral trauma, which is something that I work with now with my clients because, you know, my parents um, were parents of refugees and my parents were kicked out of countries and, you know, they were displaced. And so there was a lot of trauma that I was storing, I think, in my womb. Um, and it really was a rite of passage because once I healed myself, I became a healer. Like I was able to show people how they could heal themselves and get themselves back into alignment naturally. And, you know, it, it was like a rite of passage. Like I, I always got the message when I was ill that this was going to be my message someday. And this wow. is what I was going to stand for, which is that we can heal naturally. Like I reversed conditions that, you know, doctors said were incurable. You know, I healed myself with veganism, with, you know, the right rituals and spiritual practices and letting go of things that were toxic people, you know, situations, things, and just really brought myself back to that alignment. So it had a lot to do with the subconscious and other aspects as well that allowed all of that to come together in a very symbiotic way. Damn. Thank you for sharing that. So, and what I like is it wasn't just one thing. 
it was like a combination, like what you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So do you think, I definitely think the subconscious work accelerated it. Like, don't get me wrong. Dr. Bruce Lipton, um, who wrote biology of belief Mm -hmm. has a lot of science on how the subconscious can actually change our epigenetics and epigenetics are the part of us that we can actually change our expression of. So it's like, you know, that saying where it's like, Oh, if your dad has heart disease, you'll have heart disease. But that's like an actual epigenetic marker that you can turn on and off depending on stress and environment. And what is your stress and environment dictated? It's dictated through the perception, right? So it's like you control the perception, you control the subconscious and you can control what happens within the body. I know. I love that. So just to, for anyone who didn't catch that Dr. Bruce Lipton by biology of belief, for sure. Check that out just because it's like goes into depth. It has all the science behind why the Mm -hmm. subconscious can, you know, literally change your perception on your health, on your wealth, on your success, on your fulfillment, um, and how a lot of our pain and, you know, the struggles that we have day to day are really subconsciously based. That's cool. Do you, cause I mean, you healed yourself enough. I said, so you could become a healer mm-hmm. when you work with people. Is it now, do they have the tools to now do that? Like continually do that? I'm just curious. Like, oh, yeah. So in the way that I work with people, so mm-hmm. it's like, I've obviously, I've done a lot of training over the yep. years. I've had my business for a few years now. So the work that I do with people is not to train them to be able to do this work, but essentially my work is like where the road ends. Like when you're ready Mm -hmm. to like get, be done with all of it, like you're done with the lies and the deception and all the things that have been like kind of (laughs) driving, you know, the way that you've been healing yourself. And when we work together, it's really just letting go of all of that so that you don't need to continue to heal from something. Like it's not this continuous need to keep fixing yourself. It's like now you've gotten to a place where you are so in control of your perception and your awareness that, and you have a new operating system, you have new codes, you have new data that is within you that you are now perceiving life like you're a new person. Like you do not perceive life in the same way. And so with that, that is the key to reality. That is the key to figuring out any problem that you have. So in that way, it's like the tools and the and my method help people alchemize a new higher self system into, into their embodiment so that now they can operate from that awareness and be able to do all the things that they need to do without the struggle. I love that. And because I think to, I mean, it's quote unquote, like a good problem that because now healing is a popular thing. Mm -hmm. but now it's turned into like I'm seeking validation or I mean, I'm speaking from personal experience. Like I'm doing this thing because that's what I should be doing. I'm like looking for ways to do it. So what is your thought on that? Cause you said like, you don't need to heal technically. So Mm -hmm. I think that scares almost that that thought's like scary. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, Jenna, what the hell do I do if I'm, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. If you're what? Like, am I done healing? Like, Okay, so I think we need to like even define, like what does uh-huh. that even mean? Because my whole thing is like, if you've had chronic problems, my 
ethos is like, you don't have to continue to have chronic problems. Obviously life is going to happen. Like I just Mm -hmm. shared something that happened with me. Like just because I'm quote unquote healed doesn't mean shit isn't going to happen. Right. (laughs) But it's how I respond to it Mm -hmm. that it is going to dictate my quality of life moving forward. So what my work really does is bringing all of those chronic problems and patterns and sabotaging ways to a halt so that you can then re-engineer the way that you are operating in this life. And when you re-engineer that, you have so much more freedom. You literally have a different life because you're attracting different things because your frequency is different. You're not coming from those subconscious stress and traumas that have been imprinting, you know, all these different versions of reality that you've been experiencing of like heartache and struggle and all these things. But now that's all that, all of that is cleared. You are energetically a match to a higher vibrational life, Mm. which allows you to have more freedom and those problems then slip away because you are no longer vibrating at that frequency of that illness or of that block because illnesses have frequency. They are frequency. Mm -hmm. And so if you're chronically vibrating, let's say, you know, let me even see if confusion, defensiveness, grief, self-abuse, stubbornness, discouragement, rejection, sadness, sorrow, that's all in the lungs and the colon. So it's really interesting when I'm working with people, you know, to see what emotions will come up in those areas and where have you felt that most in your life? Because you're, you're following a pattern of thought. You're following a pattern of frequency of emotion that is binded so much that it's created a physical manifestation of that emotion. So when you get a hold of that and you clear that your life is just completely different and then you're not living from life saying, oh shit, you know, I need to heal. I need to heal. But you're living from life and saying, wow, there's so much expansion to be had and I'm ready for it. I love that. And like, I mean, me and you, like we're all about it. Right. And most people listening, watching, they're all about this. Yeah. But like, and to me, when people question this one, I think that's good Mm because question everything. Right. (laughs) But uh, like, to me, it's just like when you, if you do question this, just look at like how placebos work. Mm-hmm. Like placebo is a perception. Is that like your same view on that? Um, yeah, Ish. I can understand. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I can see, and people can even perceive what I'm doing as placebo, even though yeah. there's like science behind it, right? With the things that I've studied, there is science behind how, you know, changing your perception changes your epigenetics, but it's whatever people want to believe. Remember, it's a belief system at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So if you want to get rid of your problems, I guess believe whatever you want so that it'll <laughs> get rid of your problems, whether you think that's meditation or working with me or working with you, you know, whatever you have a call and pull towards, your belief system is half the work. You know, people, when they sign up with me more recently, it's really interesting because I've now set this intention of like the vortex starts the minute someone pays Like I've opened that space and I'm holding space for them energetically and helping them. And what's been happening is that people will sign up to work with me and all of a sudden, boom, that thing will come in or that money will come in or that partner will come in. Before they even talk to you. Before we even start working. And it's because the energy is already being generated through the belief system of knowing I'm going to do this work and therefore I'm going to be like all those people in the testimonials that Jenna has had. That's who I'm going to be. And it works. And I know it works. <laughs> it's all about belief. 
Uh-huh. It's not some like scammy thing. It's like you're literally understanding how to hack the matrix of reality mm-hmm. and the frequency so that you can actually have it work for you and not against you. I love that. And I've noticed the same, I mean, not exactly the same thing, but you know, like when people ask for like discounts or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. I could just say no, which I do, but then I add like, trust me, like, this is equally as important as like the rest of it Mm -hmm. because of what you said. Right. It's like, it's, I mean, there's, I'm just like, what have you experienced? I guess you just said that because it's like the belief is already like clicked. It's already like, I'm committing to this. I believe in this. And like, to me, the investment is just like something shifts of just like, and like, even I've noticed that in myself when I make like a big investment in myself Mm -hmm. compared to like, paying for a $10 smoothie bowl, you know, right. it's like, I still enjoy that. Important. <laughs> right. Equally important. But compared to like, like $10,000, it's mm-hmm. like, Oh shit. Like it's mm-hmm. a totally different, like it's a mentality for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 And it's all relative. Right. Because I've worked with people from so many different, you know, financial backgrounds yeah. and you know, everyone's got their own belief systems and they're all relative. Right. So yeah that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) what is the do what is the commonality with like money blocks that you've seen so for me um i'm gonna be honest working Uh with people on money is not something that i typically enjoy so it's like i love you yeah yeah i mean i'm just Uh not a fan of it because like Uh for me for me like let me rephrase that I am not a fan of working with people on money blocks and trying to help them make more money. Right. Or like, you know, I just don't feel like that's my gift. I can send people to, to, you know, those types of people who help people manifest a shit ton of money, like no problem, but that's just not my gift. But for me, it's like money is just another form of currency of energy. Right. So it's like, you could ask me what is the most common block of money or what's the most common block of self-worth and what is the most common block of this? And I've said so many different things on like the dozens of podcasts I've been on, but I'm going to change what I'm saying now. And I really (laughs) (laughs) the main, yeah, exclusive, the main (laughs) block in any of those areas is the single individual perception because everybody is different. Yes, we've all been conditioned collectively with beliefs um, that we might all share on some level of like money being difficult or hard or whatever, but not every single person experiences that or has that, right? So I can't say the most common because it would just be of the demographic of the people that I've like chosen Mm -hmm. to work with. I don't think that's an accurate like census (laughs) of the people, but um Yeah. I don't know. I really feel like it's different because some people have grown up really wealthy and feel really poor in their mindset and mentality and can't make money for themselves as an adult. Some people grew up with nothing and now they're making millions and they're stressed about, you know, losing it all again. Uh Like there are a lot of different um, perceptions of how people view money in abundance. So I'm sorry. I can't give a straight shoot answer. Don't be sorry. That is straight. And I love that answer because what you just said for everything, right. Is it goes down to perception. So how does someone first, like, what is a question or like an exercise that someone can just like find out what is my perception? Yeah. So it's really about like, how are you looking at something and what is it making you feel like? That will be a good indication of like what perception you carry. Now, 
you know, understanding what that block is related to something in childhood or whatever, that's like more of like a professional's work um, in wanting to explore really where that's coming from at a root level or through meditation and whatever else calls you journaling, et cetera. But I would say getting really clear if you're looking at something, how are you seeing it? Right. And what does it make you feel? And that will give you a good indication of whether or not you believe something um, is true to you. And I, I love that. And what I've noticed is like everything, like if you just pay attention, like what you said of how you feel, mm-hmm. everything during your day is medicine. Yeah. Like it could be spending money, getting money. It could be a conversation with somebody. It could be news. It could be social media. It's like literally everything, how it makes you feel is in itself like a lesson, but most of us don't view life as like, I like that, I guess, whatever that is. Yeah. What is magic? Yeah. I love magic. What is, what is something that you, speaking of magic, how have you, I mean, 2020, I mean, we all know it's been a wild ride. How have you seen magic this year? Oh, well, I don't think it matters what what year it is. There's magic always. You just have to tap into it. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I think like on a larger scale, it's been really interesting how we as a collective of humanity have all experienced or gone through a very stressful event altogether. And whether or not, you know, to varying degrees, but we've all experienced a sense of, um, you know, almost like a trap on our freedom and our free will and and people are really understanding how important that is for them and it's waking people up in terms of getting really clear like am I doing what I love am am I using my energy correctly like before I was just it was easy to be on a hamster wheel it was easy to be on like you know just numb out and ignore but now I really have to face myself and I think that's really beautiful of how everyone's really waking up to what is authentic to them and what is really, you know, calling them to give to the world at this time. And that doesn't matter if you have a job or not, you know, it's something internal. <laughs> have, has more of that been revealed to you? Like of your authentic self, like what has shifted or evolved? Yeah. I mean, I'm always getting to know her. <laughs> it's always going to be an unfolding, mm-hmm. right? The more you know yourself, the more, I guess, authentic you become. I think like that word is also really just like been drawn out in the spiritual (laughs) what would you say instead (laughs) i would say you're always showing up as your authentic self because your authentic self is based on your perceptions of who you are (laughs) (laughs) but like obviously i know the more nuanced version of what people intend to mean and i'm not you know discounting how people use that word it's beautiful but for me it's like you know every day i've been getting to know more about who I am, what I want to give to the world, what I don't want to give to the world. Um, what you know, don't you want? I'm interested. Okay. What don't you want to give to the world? I don't want to add more negativity mm-hmm. to the world. So I'm very mindful of what I do with my reactions and my responses when things don't go my way or when I feel dispute or when I feel conflict, because I really believe, and this is something that I say you know in my messaging on social media and what i stand for it's like it starts with us it really starts with us and if you can't diffuse your own problems if you can't take ownership of the fact that something is happening whether or not it's right 
how are you going to use your energy? Are you going to give it to the darkness? Or are you going to give it to the light? Because we each have a choice. And this is not to say that you shouldn't get angry or upset. And these are all beautiful things. This is needed in order to alchemize into that light. But the choice is, am I going to choose to hold on to grudges to re and resent people and just long you know, periods of disappointment and bitterness and resentment, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be holding that frequency and that resonance because I know that is also bringing poison um, to the world. And so I'm trying to be as mindful as I can in my reaction so that I can show up in the highest frequency of me, but also always giving space for the parts of me that are not so parity, quote unquote. Um, but even that is a perception. I think it's all part of it. The emotions and going through it is part of what we're here to do. And I think so long as you have the intention of always holding the utmost um, highest vibration for yourself and for others and for what you need at your growth at this time, that that's really important. <laughs> How do you get over? <sighs> because I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, because like, because I think most people, you know, whether they're looking at you or someone else, but in this specific example, you, Mm -hmm. of like Jenna just has it figured out but like how do you like how do you personally mm -hmm. I get conceptually I think most people get like okay yeah don't um hold on to resentment yeah like let the feelings come feel them let them flow they're trying to move let them go so how do you actually let go of like disappointment well you know, the way that I look at life now, and I know not everyone is going to understand this or agree with me. And so by all means, like take whatever you want, don't take anything from what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> at least it made, it made you clear on what you uh -huh. believe, you know, but like for me, for example, when there are so many tools and things you can use, but I want to go beyond that because I really want to give something practical here. And the idea is that people don't realize that they have a choice in every moment and, you know, things bad things can happen in the world. Shitty things can happen to us. And by taking control of your reaction doesn't discount the fact that something bad happened. And I think a lot of people, you know, they don't divide the two and, you know, they don't see that both can exist at the same time. So no matter what happens, say I'm disappointed in someone being disappointed means that I have allowed someone to do something in order to disappoint me. Okay. I gave someone some of my energy to disappoint me. Okay, how about someone just did something and it wasn't to my preference and therefore I've created disappointment within myself. The more we turn it around onto us and the more that we realize, yes, you can feel abandoned. Yes, you can feel betrayed. Yes, you can feel anger. Yes, you can feel hurt. These are all valid experiences. But when you're ready, you can get to a place in yourself to ask, where am I giving someone else my energy in order for them to quote unquote, do this to me? You know, I just went through a very, you know, traumatic experience where I felt someone was violating me and taking something from me that I thought was not right. And I could choose to be disappointed. I could choose to be angry. And sure I was, you know, definitely. But what is that going to do for me in the long run? Why would I want to hold that in my energy? That's going to completely distort all the amazing things I'm trying to create in this world, right? All the people that I'm trying to uplift and, and show, you know, that we can live in this higher octave of consciousness, no matter what's happening around us. You know, it's just, where are we in our 
authentic self. <laughs> Where are we in our power? right? How aligned are we to our truth? And where do I keep giving things away? And that's the programming, right? Don't, don't think that I never, you know, feel rejected or sadness or, you know, fear. Like these are all things that I experience, but it's how I relate to them that has really been a game changer in how they affect me now and to what extent. Boom. You're the best. <laughs> I love that. Um, and of course, like, I'm going to keep going, going in this. So when, like, how slash when do you feel fear? I feel fear when I have not consciously understood the situation. When I am just, when I am just running on autopilot is when I feel fear. Because the programs are what causes the fear. When you bring awareness to it, you realize you talk yourself out of it. You're like, actually, no, that doesn't make sense, right? You realize that was an automatic response. And I, and I become an observer of that automatic response. And then I, you know, I clear it and do the things that intuitively come to me to clear it. But it's really bringing awareness to the fact and calling it out. Like, it's there, you know, and not letting it. I'm not saying, oh, I'm in fear, like in sitting with it. <laughs> so, so, when you, hold on me. <laughs> so when you call it out, what is it? Do you do it like in your brain verbally call it out or do you call it like out loud? Sometimes, what does that look like? Yeah. Sometimes say, like, bitch, I example, got you. What do you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. So for example, <laughs> like, you know, um, with, with a situation that just happened, like I was in fear that I was going to be like hurt, like physically hurt. Okay that put me in fear. Okay. But then I can decide, okay, what can I do right now to come out of that? Right. What can I do in my awareness so that I can actually use my survival to work for me and not to like put me in a place where I'm going to put myself in a more vulnerable position. And that can be with like a fear of like, let's say, you know, you want to have a client or something. You're a coach, right? Someone doesn't pay what you want. Now you're in fear. Oh, are my prices too high? Yeah. No one's going to pay me. Da, 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 da. All the fear, fear, fear. Or you can say, nope, that fear is showing me programming. That fear is showing me programming and now I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to see it for what it is and I'm not going to let this continue to run um, my show. I love that, yo. I mean, you're preaching my language. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what it? Next question. Now, what is, I'm curious and tell me if this is too much of a question, which is a funny way, question to ask. But yeah. um, what, too much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll change it. Um, but what are you? Maybe not now. I mean, you could answer it now. So the question I want to ask is, what are you afraid of people finding out about you? But maybe you can answer for like a past scenario of like, what were you afraid of people finding out about you? Because I think that question is just like, just like the root of so much freedom? Yeah, I think, you know, I'll speak to something that I think a lot of people can relate to and that's imposter syndrome. Mm. So for example, the work that I do and did before, you know, a lot of people were transforming in really quote unquote miraculous ways. Right. And so for an outsider, I was like, oh my God, you know, like this is just an, an intuitive thing. Like, this is just what's happening through me. Like, this hasn't been 
verified by an institution like I've done like spiritual courses but I don't think that like is like a degree you know what I mean like I was like I don't have a degree in like this stuff you know and and being able to produce like results like this like so for me it was like would people trust my gift would people really see my gift and it's because I was denying my gifts I was denying the fact that I was given these tools and this type of energy to harness to really help people. And that scared me. And wow. so I was really scared of it. I was really scared that people were going to say, oh, well, she doesn't have any of these credentials and this and that. And because credentials were huge for me growing up. Like, you know, I grew up in New York City. And you, you have some credentials, yeah. Yeah, I know. But like, but, <laughs> but literally because I was programmed to get them. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. And I remember when I was four, like, you even had to interview for preschool. So like I was four and I was like playing with these like, I don't know, these like Lego things. And I, I put like a square thing in like a round hole. And I remember, I, I literally remember turning around and seeing them talk and look at me like I had like completely messed something up. And I, and that literally stuck with me for so long. Like I remember. How ironic is that? Just that <laughs> literally, cause you know, that's such like a saying of putting the, was it a square in a round? Yeah, something like that. It was like, I was trying to make it work. And like, I obviously, it didn't work. And I didn't actually get into that school. And so that I remember was like, you know, a big thing. And then like, you know, all of the school, the schools that I went to, at least up until college, like were all feeders into Ivy Leagues. And so it's like, if you didn't get into an Ivy League, like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, you suck, you fail. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, I, I had that stress and then I was ill and then I managed to go to an Ivy League and then I left the Ivy League and it was just like, you know, all of this condition stuff around credentials. Um, so for me, that was like my big thing. And then I realized like you can't actually quantify or put a credential on like intuitive abilities and, you know, I guess like art or expression or whatever it is that people want to define me in what I do. And um, I love that. That was a great answer. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong it still comes up from time to time like I I'm, I haven't like completely gotten rid of it my my next level show me the box that I'm in right of like mm. how big am I willing to play so it's like when I think of like okay I want to do this this is my vision and then I feel kind of small about it I'm like oh that's just the imposter trying to block what I'm doing now so it's not to say that it goes away forever but it's how you manage it like imposter syndrome will always exist anxiety will always exist fear will always always exist it never goes away it's just your relationship to it so things don't bother me that much anymore you know (laughs) i love it and i think that's the i'm not sure about you but most people come to me because it's their first expectation is like ben eradicate my fear and the first thing (laughs) i always tell them is like your fear doesn't disappear Mm -hmm. just to like set that expectation of like but it's really freeing to realize that no, it, it's not about making it go away or not feeling it. And to me, then it's just like, you can almost like let your shoulders down and right. like breathe and like, mm-hmm. okay, like I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't have to fight this or just like, I just have to learn how to like feel it and move through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where the choice comes in. And like, that's why, you know, I'll go back to the subconscious, like, if you can train your body and mind and spirit in a way using the door of the subconscious, it makes your responses 
more natural. Like you don't have to consciously try to think, okay, I'm going to start breathing to like release my fear. (laughs) No, that's important. But what I'm saying is you hack the subconscious, it becomes natural. And so that's why people, when they work with me, their problems quote unquote disappear, but it's because they are in, in a complete different resonance that they do not feel what they were feeling internally in their body about what was happening externally. They've completely changed the whole internal environment so that the external, no matter if it's the same, is not affecting them in the same way. I love that. And like, do you believe that like it's technically not even there? What do you mean? Like, so like that perception, because I mean, technically it's there because it's perception, Mm -hmm. but is it really there? Well, then you're kind of getting into like quantum physics, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. They did this, um, they did this experiment where it's like, this cat is in the box. You can't know if it's dead or alive. Like it's both. (laughs) So like, if you want to get meta, I guess, you know, but what is reality? It's whatever we perceive. So like, if I'm freaking out and having a panic attack, that's pretty freaking real. Yep. Like you're going to say that's real right? Someone watching you would be like, why are you doing that? That's not real. You know, there's nothing to freak out about. So I think whatever it is you're perceiving is real. Period. I love that. How have you, have you developed more empathy through this journey of people just because of what you said? Like, what do you, like, whatever you believe is true, like whatever you believe is real. So have you developed more empathy for people? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I think that's where like peace on earth, that's how it will come to it. Because like I said, it's always about us. So when I talked about what is one thing that I don't want to give to the world, I don't want to give the world more of my shit because I am not taking, you know, responsibility by, you know, working through my emotions and having a stronger emotional world. And so I'm sorry, can you just go back? Like I completely lost <laughs> track. I'm just like thinking about my emotional world. <laughs> well, what is your emotional world? No, it's like that of like, I'm trying to make it mm-hmm. as peaceful as possible. And it's not by bypassing all of the difficult emotions, mm-hmm. but by recognizing them, holding space for them, working through them so that you can then start to stack more of like that peace and love and empathy right that's really how you create more empathy naturally not like oh i want to be in like you know more empathetic towards people but like for me it's like when you do that inner work you naturally become that because you realize everyone's just coming from their conditioning everyone's just coming from their wounding like can you really fault them like obviously you know when i know someone does something that i don't agree with towards me i'm not going to say that was right but i can empathize because you wouldn't be doing that unless you had deep wounds because you know otherwise no one really would have problems with each other they're all just coming from their shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah i think it's just kind of a natural byproduct of of this work and compassion compassion is huge so big i I love that and like and like accepting multiple truths Mm -hmm. right because again it just goes back to like the perception of like reality it's like and I've had these conversations with like family before they're like no one like only one truth can exist I'm like no say what that's religion right and that's one of the biggest things and we've talked about this before our own Mm -hmm. religious experiences but like 
that is like the biggest, you know, lie is that there's only one truth, right? But like, how do you control people with saying there's only one truth? Because if everyone, you know, unity isn't all agreeing on one thing. Unity is having everyone have their own perception and all coming into agreement, agreement that, 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 yeah, or agreement that that is correct, that they're all correct. That's how we're all going to be, you know, living in unity. I love that. I could have totally delivered that with so much more zhuzh if I correctly say, like said that. It was like it was channeling through me, and so sometimes I like stumble when things are coming in real hot. Say that someday one more time. Like I'll add some hype in the background too. Okay, wait. What did I say? Oh, unity isn't. Yeah, but see, this happens to me all the time. I swear. Like my sister will be like, "Okay, I'm writing that down because I'll forget it." So unity isn't us all agreeing on one thing. Unity is when we are all able to agree that everyone's truths are true. But yeah, there we go. You got it. Boom. There we go. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> See, you remembered. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jenna, as we get close to winding up, I'm curious, what is something that you wish more people understood? Hmm. Gosh, I could say so many things. I know. I see a smile like, though. I don't want to say something cheesy like "remember your power," but like, <laughs> but like, literally, I think I would say like, "remember that there are more solutions than you think. Ooh. That there are more ways to transform your life. Like, don't get caught up in just one practice or one program or one person. Diversify your experiences because that will really allow you to." get everything that you need because i don't believe one thing works for everyone right there's no one truth right there's no one you know recipe for that and anyone who tells you that don't work with them because coming out of scarcity but really like you know get get help from so many different people from yourself from books from and then make your own conclusions draw your own you know judgments on what they mean for you and what you want to use for your own advantage because that's where the power is going to come from it's not coming to someone and saying okay well fix me it's like understanding that you've gone through a lot of your own stuff that you can discern what you need right now and knowing that that person or that thing or that material will help you get there Mm, i love that okay one last question that i'm nervous to ask but i'm going to ask it okay i'll see if i answer (laughs) Is there anything like intuitively with your gifts that you see in me right now? Whoa, that's a big question. And I'm nervous to ask well, it, but I can definitely, I can definitely feel that you want to do like something big, but like not the way people have done it. Like, I think that it's like, there's this almost like boxing of like unboxing Ben, like who is Ben without the box? That's kind of what I feel like. I just feel like there's a lot of like punctures in the box. Like, get me out of this box. I'm going to figure out what's outside of this box. <laughs> Am I making sense? I get no, visual. For sure. So I feel it. So, I mean, I've felt that for a long time, but <clears throat> I like the box visual of the punctures. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like you're trying to like see what else is beyond what you've already grown in to yourself now. And I feel like that could also be used. Like, you know, I don't do intuitive readings like that. So people, you know come to come to me for my other gifts 
<laughs> but you know, just like the general, the general vibe of it, I definitely just like a lot of just heavy duty expansion, not like fluffy stuff, but like real uproot of like just every like really significant foundational things in your life. Boom. Thank you. I received that. Cool. Boom. I concur. <laughs> we can agree <laughs> on I our agree. truth. <laughs> yes, we are in unity. Yes. Um, is there anything else on your heart? I mean, I just appreciate you being here. I know we've been wanting to do this. And full disclosure, you came, we're recording on a Friday. Um, like at, what time is it? Your time? Six? Six, yeah. 6 p.m., right? End of the week, hella calls, just changing mm-hmm. the world, no big deal, you know? <laughs> And so you showed up and like, for real, like, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I mean, you're doing amazing work too in the world. And I'm, I'm happy that we can have these conversations because I know not everyone can, you know, work with us individually in that way. And I think that this really gives people a great opportunity to, you know, get that information and be able to integrate it within their own awareness to what feels good to them and whatever they need from it, rather than listening to us and paying for it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, for real though, you know, like you are like truly a special human. And like, I know you know that, but like you really are dope as hell. Like you're amazing. Thank you. I received that. I always used to be like, no, but I'm like, yes, we are. We are. I'm a reflection of you. You're a reflection of me. It all cycles back. <laughs> in a nice way all right y'all well jenna real quick where can people follow you and all that fun social connection stuff Mm -hmm. so i'm on instagram it's underscore jenna sophia i'm sure my name will be on this podcast you spell it and then my um, i'm just gonna confuse people even more just go find her alien Um, and then my website is beyondthebelief.com and you can check out more about my story check out testimonials and things like that and new offers that I come out with. And she's booked well in advance. So go. Yeah. If you want to get, um, if you want to work with me probably now, like February, March, probably just get on the wait list now. And potentially by the time you listen to this (laughs) a month or two later, (laughs) I'm working on trying to figure out more group, you know, offerings, but stay tuned. (laughs) All right, Jenna, we love you. Thank you. All right, y'all. You know what to do. If you haven't already, make sure you follow and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. And make sure you rate and review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes if you haven't already. Because it helps the show get seen and recommended to others who like other shows like this. So if you've received wisdom, inspiration, love, please do it. It means the world and it legit makes the world a better place. And if you haven't already... Please follow me on Instagram at the fear guy. Follow Jenna at Jenna Sophia and her link to her Instagram to her website is in the show notes. And I know you want more of her. She's incredible. So go check it out. Post this on Instagram. Take a screenshot. We would love to see what you think. Thank you so much for listening. You are incredible. Adios until next time.